twowayradios.com, check, check. Bytwowayradios.com. Recorded almost live from Rock Hill, South Carolina. It's the Two Way Radio Show. Welcome to the Two-Way Radio Show. I'm Rick Savoya. I'm Danny Feimster. And I'm Anthony Roquet. And this is the podcast about two-way radios for business and consumer communications. Today we'll give you an update on the FCC's proposed changes to the GMRS. We'll talk about the current license requirements, some of the proposed changes to those requirements, and the current status of the proposed changes. We'll also review the XLT TM200 adjustable throat mic and take some of your questions from our blog and our forums at twowayradioforum.com. Our show is sponsored by buytwowayradios.com, the source of two-way radios and radio accessories for businesses and consumers since 2002. Enter the promo code SHOW at checkout and save an additional 5% off your order. Buytwowayradios.com, your radio specialist. In June of 2010, the FCC released a proposal to make some changes to Part 95 rules, including those for the General Mobile Radio Service, or GMRS. One of the most important and controversial of these proposed changes was the possible extension or complete elimination of the license requirement for GMRS. It's been nearly three years since the changes were first proposed, and a decision is yet to be announced. Many GMRS users are beginning to wonder just what is going on at the FCC and when a decision will be made or if one will ever be made at all. What do you guys think? I'm concerned as well. I mean, uh, when this thing first came out, I was excited. I said uh, there there are a lot of changes in this proposal that that, uh, give us reason to be excited. I mean, the, the removal of the licensing requirement is something that I'm in favor of simply because no one is getting a license anyway. So I, I feel like they're sort of punishing people that are, that follow the law. But, um, you know, three years down the road, I've kind of lost faith that anything is going to happen with this. It does seem to be taking uh, a long time. And I, I know there, there are a number of people out there that are wanting to get their GMRS license, um, some that don't care, but <laughs> there are some that do want to get the license and are saying, wait a minute, you know, I don't want to plunk down $85. And and then all of a sudden they make a ruling and say, you know, hey, we're, we're, gonna, we're going to license my rule. And then all of a sudden they're out 85 bucks. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Where we are today, you just don't know. I mean, you could pay $85 for a license today and tomorrow the FCC could make a decision and you know you, your license would be void or unnecessary. Mm-hmm. So it it really leaves a lot of people in limbo. Or it could be an, another five years, and we'll never hear anything. We we just don't know what's going to happen with this. Well, before we uh, go too far into the discussion, let's let's get a recap as to actually uh, what the current GMRS license requirements are. So so we have everyone on the same page. Um. Okay, right now, in order to use the GMRS frequencies, uh, you're required to have a license. This license costs $85, is good for five years, 
and covers the license holder and their immediate family members. The immediate family is pretty broad. That includes your spouse, children, grandchildren, stepchildren, parents, grandparents, stepparents, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, nieces, nephews, and in-laws. And if you're your own grandpa, I guess you're uh, you're doubly covered. It's it's <laughs> it's a lot of people that it covers. So for eighty five dollars, basically everyone you're in any way related to is allowed to use GMRS radios. Now GMRS license can be just purchased online at uh, the FCC. Yeah, the, um, the easiest way to of. do it, uh, the easiest way is to go to uh, the FCC's website. They have something called the ULS Universal Licensing System. And it's uh, maybe about a five-minute process. You fill out a form, register, and uh, pay with your credit card right there. And a, a week or so later, you get your license in the mail. Uh, but your license is valid pretty much right away. Yeah. As soon as you complete the forms, you can use the radios right away. The, the website is wireless.fcc.gov ULS. And the form that you need to fill out is FCC Form 605. Yeah, that's what you would be filling out electronically. You can still do it by paper, mm -hmm. but that's a lot more complicated. Okay. So let's get into the FCC proposal for making changes to the GMRS license requirements. What exactly are we looking at here? What is the FCC proposal? Uh, the FCC proposal is formally docket number 10-119, if anybody wants to look that up themselves. It was um, proposed in June of 2010, and uh, the proposal proposes a lot of changes to Part 95. Um, part 95 is the part of the law that applies to personal radios. Mm -hmm. GMRS is included in there, but it also includes a lot of other radio services like FRS, CB, mm -hmm. MERS, and several more. So uh, some of the proposed changes that they were um, looking at was to change the power limit of GMRS handheld radios uh, to make that 2 watts. Yeah, the, the big attention grabber was the removal of the license requirement or, or yeah. the, the change to go by license by rule, as they call it. But... Uh, they did also propose dropping the power limit on GMRS handheld radios from 5 watts, or actually from 50 watts. I, be, I don't believe there's a hard 5-watt yeah, limit now. Yeah, I don't now. think there's really yeah, a hard not. limit, but, um, um, but they want to keep it to 2 watts. And now they also wanted to do what they've already done with the business radios, and that is to uh, implement narrowbanding. Um, you're right. They also proposed going to 12.5 um, kilohertz bandwidth requirements on all the GMRS changes. And I have a feeling that that may be part of the holdup. Got, it could of be. course, no evidence, but I think that would be a very difficult thing to implement because um, they just went through this with business radios. Mm -hmm. But with business users, you're required to get a license. And um, in the license, you have specific bandwidth uh, or emissions designators, as they're called, that's tied to, to your license. Right. So when your license comes up for renewal, they can say, well, we're not going to renew it until you uh, switch to other types of, of uh, emissions or bandwidth. Now, because this this license by rule proposal, they're going to have a really tough time doing that. And with so many GMRS radios out there already, uh, 
you that's know, the thing. You that's, can't that's just going to be very problematic to to try to get everybody onto narrow banding, particularly by a certain uh, period of time. Because even if you impose those those new mandates on uh, the manufacturers, the manufacturers can put out all the narrowband radios they want. But if people are still on those older wideband radios and you're licensing by rule, what are you going to do to stop them? Well, you're, you're not going to be able to stop them. If, if they went that direction and they said, well, we're not going to approve any new equipment that's not narrowband on GMRS frequencies, well, you, you have the problem that you mentioned of all the radios that are existing now, and there are a lot of them out there, are going to be wideband. Yeah. I don't think the FCC would care about that so much. When they make this change, they're already thinking, well, 20 years from now, we'll be able to use this other bandwidth that's we freed up. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, you're going to have a lot of people with old radios talking to new radios, and you're going to have quality issues in the communications. If you've got a wideband radio talking to a narrowband radio, you can have some range issues, but you can have voice quality issues more than anything. Um, you can mm-hmm can have one end sounding like you're talking through a tunnel, things like that. Yeah. So we would have years of voice issues with people t- with old radios talking to new radios. Well, you know, some GMRS license holders are definitely against this. And I would say they're not for a lot of these changes. And then there are some that, particularly those who are not holding GMRS licenses, that are for it. And so whether you're for or against it, there are definitely some changes in the air, so to speak. Right. <laughs> Pardon the pun, but but nearly three years after the proposal was made, there there's still is no approval on any of these. So everybody's just still hanging in the air, literally. <laughs> so uh, where are we right now, as far as the um, the proposal? Um, that's what we really want to find out at this time. Now the website says that the proposal is still pending. If you go to the GMRS uh, page there, it says this proposal is still pending. Well, well, pending what? Yeah, uh, you know, the FCC doesn't really say. <laughs> it's been pending for a long time. For a, a while after it was um, first proposed, it was in a, a comment mm-hmm. stage where the FCC was accepting comments from the public on the proposal. And uh, I believe that ended around the end of 2010. Yeah, I think that that uh, comment period was only open for a month or two, I think. Oh, really? Was uh, it that short? I, I, it seemed to be. Um, I think it was only open for a short period of time. Well, since that comment period ended, the status has not changed. Mm-hmm. Well, I called the FCC. I called and emailed them to find out uh, what's going on over there and what the current status is. And uh, an official from the FCC did contact me, and um, according to the uh, FCC official, it's still an open proceeding, and they're not allowed to comment on open proceedings. Um, This official did state that the um, FCC could not provide a timeline uh, for the decision on the rulemaking uh, or when such a decision would be made based on the fact that it was still uh, an open proceeding. <laughs> so that is pretty much the answer that I got from from the FCC. Well, it was nice of them to get back to us. Mm-hmm. I guess uh, we don't really know anything more <laughs> now than we did before you talked to them, though. So, Well, okay. the, once again, the FCC official said that it was still an open proceeding. 
<laughs> so, uh, so what that tells me, what that tells me is that it's still under consideration. They haven't uh, swept it under the rug, so to speak, because that was my concern. For a while, I was, and I've been keeping track of this or trying to, and for a while, uh, towards the end of 2010, the beginning of 2011, um, I would see on the sidebar on their site uh, something related to, you know, upcoming tasks to do, to, and, and that was one of them. And then all of a sudden, one day it disappeared from the website, and I'm thinking, what do they do? They just sweep this thing under the rug? <laughs> yeah, that, so, that never happened. Uh. <laughs> so apparently, if, if the official said that it is an open proceeding still, then that means, uh, for all intents and purposes, that they haven't swept it under the rug, that it's still under consideration, it's still actively being considered. So that much we, we know. Officially, anyway. Right. So so that means, you know, take heart, everyone. It hasn't been forgotten, apparently. <laughs> we hope. Yes, we hope. Uh, in any case, given that information, I mean, that's what we have to go on, then um, all we can do at this point is to um, to, to wait. And I know that's not the answer that a lot of people want to hear, particularly those who are waiting to get their GMRS license. But there is something they can do. What can they do? Uh, well, you can get the license. Mm-hmm. That's one option. That's one option. Take or, a chance. <laughs> or you can choose to not use GMRS frequencies. Um, fortunately... All of the radios that are available or that are made for GMRS are dual-service radios, GMRS, Mm -hmm. supporting GMRS and FRS. And FRS is already licensed by rule, which means you don't have to have a license to use them. That's right. So um, as long as you use your radio on channels 1 through 14. At um, low power. At low power. (laughs) then you're using FRS, which doesn't require a license. So mm-hmm. that, that's an option if you're holding out on the license, awaiting a decision from the FCC. And that's what my family and I do. We use channel 8, which is an FRS channel, you know, 8 through 14. You know, they're automatically switched to low power when you're on the FRS channel, so you right. don't have to worry about that. And, and then you're okay. Um, so that, that's pretty much your option there. Yes, it is. Or you could go CB. <laughs> you can go or MERS. MERS is a great uh, option for a lot of people. You can get an amateur license. It's a lot less expensive, and that's not going away. There you go. Amateur licenses uh, are very inexpensive to go with, and it requires a little bit of studying. As we, you know, as we covered in our last episode, in episode 55, we do um, have to do some studying. Get a, you, know, you have to do a little work to get that license. But once you get the license, uh, you've got a a lot more power at your disposal, uh, a lot more latitude than the 22 uh, assigned GMRS channels. Oh, yeah. You've got a, a lot of flexibility. Yeah. So um, are you guys for or against the proposed changes? I'm, I'm for the changes. Get rid of it. Yeah. I mean, it's anybody can, can call and order these radios. Mm-hmm. There's nothing stopping them. Our competitors have them in storefronts. You can buy them. 
Yeah, we do a lot more than most people about educating consumers about even the the need to get a license. If you go to a a big box store and buy a set of walkie-talkies, you're not even going to know that there is a license requirement. It's going to be buried on page 37 of the manual in very small print. You're never going to see it. And I've walked into the big box stores and asked them, you know, looking at them, get approached by a sales rep, and I've asked, do I need a license for this? No. (laughs) Well, first of all, that's not correct. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's what you're told. They don't don't know. I mean, that's why, you know, we're a step ahead. We're we're experts on this. Um, It's what we do. Now, I know there will be a lot of GMRS licensees out there that will – that will be very opposed to that and that will, you know, that will disagree with us intensely. But, yeah. you know, what I say to them is this, GMRS, what does the G in GMRS stand for? General. That's general purpose use. And, you know, to be honest, that, that should mean, you know what, if it's general purpose, anybody should be able to use it. That's my take on it. Uh, sure, there are other frequencies where you can where anybody can use like MERS or FRS but look if if you're in favor of having to get a license most of these guys that I've talked to want there to be a license requirement because with a 50 watt power requirement certain things that the GMRS allows like repeaters and mobiles Mm -hmm. you can cause interference you can um, not knowing what you're doing you can step on uh, a lot of people that have invested a lot of money in expensive GMRS equipment. Oh, I understand so, that. But then again, that's what ham frequencies are for, too. You know, why are the GMRS users hogging the GMRS frequencies when they can go ham? If they really want to to be serious about it, why not just go all the way and just get a ham license and, and have all those ham frequencies available to them? See, I, I would argue that, uh, well... I agree with you in a lot of ways, but I think these guys would say that the definition of GMRS has changed over the years. When GMRS was first implemented, mm-hmm. it was meant to be something different. It was meant to be like a emergency communications, that type of thing. And now it's turned into, you know, you take your family on a camping trip and use GMRS radios. Well, they would say that's more what the FRS is all about than the GMRS. It should be a more, um, I guess, more powerful radio system. It, it should have a little more, it should be more involved than just, you know, buying a, a $20 set of radios. The thing is, though, GMRS fills a niche that most of those people need, you know, the, the average person out there and the families and whatever that they need that FRS doesn't necessarily fulfill, and we've discussed that in the past. Um, that, but that fulfills a, a need where that need with the emergency communications and and everything else th- that you're talking about is already being fulfilled on other frequencies. Or you know, at this time, you know, ham is you can is certainly use amateur that. amateur for that. My argument and the the main reason I'm for eliminating the license requirement is is. The, the can of worms is open. I yeah. mean, there are millions of these unlicensed radios out there. We're not going back. The genie's so, out of the bottle. I mean, the genie <laughs> is out of the bottle. How can we put it back in? So either 
change the rules or the rule means nothing. I mean, if you've got 99% of people using these radios unlicensed, which I believe is what we have right now, the license isn't doing anything. It's it's pointless, and you're just punishing the people that are trying to follow the rules. Well, here's another aspect of this. Technology is constantly changing and evolving and advancing. And if we were stuck in that mindset, as some people with the GMRS um, services right now, if we were stuck with that mindset with other technologies, we wouldn't have a lot of the other things that we have right now. It's those advancements in technology uh, requiring us to change the way we do some things, the way we think about some things, the way we, um, the way we utilize resources available to us that actually advances and moves us forward. If we stay stuck in the old GMRS, you know, mode that a lot of the GMRS users are in, right? Um, we're not going to progress to that next level. Um, and I think that we need to we need to get there. Playing devil's advocate here, uh, this is an argument I've heard from a, a GMRS licensee. Why not just increase FRS to five watts and leave GMRS alone? What do you think about that? I think um, what you're doing is you're essentially making FRS GMRS, bringing FRS into the GMRS fold. Well, no, so, GMRS uh, would still allow repeaters, and there's certain re- true, frequencies true. that GMRS input well, those. Now they are. That's one of the proposals in there is to is to uh, uh, limit or or eliminate repeater capability GMRS. No, 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 no. Don't say that. <laughs> There's a, it's it. Um, the FCC in the docket is requesting feedback on how to handle repeaters, and okay, they pose so the question: What if we eliminated if it? We a lot it? of people by that language were sort of up in arms about. Oh, don't oh take my, my God, repeaters away! Get rid yeah. Of repeater. yeah. So um, I went through it very, very carefully, and the way I read it, it is not proposing eliminating repeaters. They're just saying, sort of, hey, we'd like some feedback on what do you guys think okay, about well, that repeaters. Change, that changes things a little. Um, now I'm not for. I, I'm saying the genie's out of the bottle. Yeah. We're not going back. Get rid of the license requirement. The, the purpose of GMRS has sort of changed. We got to make it work for two things now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's any going back. I think I, I agree with most of what's in the document, um, especially the elimination of the license requirement. Uh, the thing that I mostly disagree with in the proposal is uh, they also want to eliminate dual service radios. Right now, you can have a radio that's type accepted for Part 95 or GMRS, mm-hmm. but also type accepted for other things like Part 90, business, mm-hmm. or 97, amateur, or marine. Well, if this is passed as it's written, that will not happen anymore. So uh-huh. a, a radio that's type accepted for Part 95 or GMRS or FRS cannot also be type accepted for Part 90. Well, that goes the other way. Part 90 radios will not be able to be type accepted as well for Part 95, and that's going to eliminate the possibility that people that make high-end business radios would make a GMRS radio. Right now, something we would really like is for Kenwood or ICOM to take one of their 4-watt UHF radios, have Mm -hmm. it type accepted for GMRS, and they've done this in the past, and then it would be completely legal to plug GMRS frequencies into that radio. And people that need a higher quality radio than what's typically available would have an option. 
Because well, there's no doubt that we that there are people out there that have a need for for radios that are going to be a lot more durable than a lot of the GMRS radios out there on the consumer market today. There's definitely a need there. There and definitely is, but there's not enough demand to make it to where it's profitable for ICOM or Kenwood to make a radio specifically for GMRS. But if they could take their existing business radio, make a couple tweaks, and have it work for GMRS as well. Then that would fill that need. That would fill that need, and and I hate to see that option go away. Well, um, in any case, that's pretty much where we are at the moment, folks. Uh, And you heard what the uh, FCC official uh, has told us. So so you can pretty much draw your own conclusions there, (laughs) as we have drawn our own. And uh, hopefully we'll just keep waiting, keep watching, and at, at some point, hopefully, they will make a decision. Um, the FCC added you to their press list, right? So we yeah, will be the yeah. first to know, or among the first to know. Among the first to know. When something happens. So Hopefully we'll know something soon. But we'll, we'll keep you informed. We will keep you informed. Well, coming up, we'll review the XLT TM200 adjustable throat mic. Is this a good little accessory to have around your neck, or is it just a choke? We'll find out next on the Two-Way Radio Show. Searching for Two-Way Radios? Buy Two-Way Radios has what you need. My Two-Way Radios is the source for two-way radios and radio accessories from major name-brand manufacturers for businesses and consumers alike. My Two-Way Radios provides more than just great radios at a great price. We are a leading source of expert advice on the products that we sell and can assist in finding the perfect solution for you or your business. We also deliver great service. Our products are stocked at our local warehouse. This allows us to guarantee processing time and fast shipment of your order. Whether you're searching for two-way radios for general consumer or business use, Buy Two-Way Radios can help you find the best solution for you. Give us a call at 1-800-584-1445 or enter our live chat at buytwowayradios.com weekdays from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern. Buy Two-Way Radios at buytwowayradios.com. Your radio specialists. You're listening to the Two-Way Radio Show, and this week we're going to review an adjustable throat mic from XLT, the TM200. This is a neat little accessory. It's it's something that's, you know, everybody's used to the standard earpieces with a push-to-talk microphone that you clip to your shirt or your jacket, and you push the button, talk, and, and then wait for somebody to respond and come through your earpiece. This is a, well, I guess it's been around for a while, a lot of military and and police departments have been using it for years but it's a throat mic seems to have grown in popularity though it has it really has um what makes it unique is it uses transducers that are placed about on your neck or in your where your your vocal cords would be Mm -hmm. and it picks up vibrations from your vocal cords instead of emitting the actual sound that's coming from your mouth great item for uh, we sell a lot of these to people that are in high uh, noisy atmospheres you know, mm-hmm. nightclubs sporting events um 
So a lot of these to paintball guys, uh, airsoft uh, enthusiast, they like them because they don't, you know, with a typical microphone, it's going to pick up loud music. It's going to pick up the crowds cheering here. It only picks up the vibrations and, and it transmits the sound that the vocal cords are transmitting. Right. Um, effectively eliminates all your background noise i guess it, it does it, it, no doubt about it um the way it works we've got a couple different models but the one we're going to talk about today which seems to be the most popular is the tm200 it's an adjustable throat mic kind of a c-shaped device that fits around your neck it is adjustable for um anywhere from about a 12 to 14 inch neck it has a clear tube that comes off the back side that's going to go into your ear, kind of like a secret service surveillance type tube that's going to give you your, your sound. It does still have the push to talk, so you can hit that push to talk, talk like you would just normally, and release, and that'll transmit that sound. Really neat technology. You know, they've come out, some of these uh, accessory manufacturers come out with different things other than the, the normal, the you know, standard push-to-talk microphones. Um, now, this earpiece, it'll work in either ear, right? So it's reversible. Yes. So it's pretty easy to wear. And you actually demonstrated this. I did. Um, on the throat mic on a recent episode of Radio 101. For those who are listening who are not familiar with Radio 101, this is our uh, video series where Anthony offers quick and simple tips for getting the most out of your radios and your radio accessories. And Anthony just recently uh, demonstrated this on one of the videos, so you can actually see how he puts on where's the mic, and he recommends where the transducers on there should be. It's a short video, but it, it uh, I think it's very informative. It gets to the point. I mean, it's going to be different for everybody because of the different links of necks and girths and and so on and so forth so placement of that that throat microphone is going to be different for everybody but it gives you a general idea of what you need to do you might have to tweak it and and uh, get it just right but that uh, for the most part it works really really well mm-hmm. um you know my son was asking me the other night because he watched the video and he was saying well um if this is actually picking up vibrations from your vocal cords how does it really distinguish uh, because all you're getting just the vibration from the vocal cords themselves, how does it distinguish the various words? And I was explaining to him how, well, a lot of that vibration comes from where your tongue is moving and, and your mouth and that sort of thing. But it's really not as clear. People can't really expect it to be as clear as an actual microphone. Yeah, it's, not gonna, it's definitely not going to be as clear as if you're talking through a standard push-to-talk microphone. Um, but it so is discernible. So you wouldn't recommend this for anyone more for specific uses if, you, if you're in a loud noise environment? Or- yes. Um, one thing that I've found with just my experience with them is it does work better with business-grade radios. It, it works fine with a, a, a Talkabout, um, and there's some others for the, the consumer radios out there. But with the actual business radios, they have a, a better sound output. So you're, when it's turned up, it's a lot clearer to the business radios. So it's not for everybody, but it's for some. It's not. It's not, you know, if you're, you know, a retail store, you know, stick to the standard D-rings and EB250s and EB200 uh, uh, style. Uh, but this is, you know, we like I said, we got a lot of people that buy these that are in the entertainment industry, you know, the, the nights, nightclubs mm-hmm. and concert arenas and things like that that, that need something that's not going to, you know, you got 
110 decibels of music behind you and people cheering yeah, and, and, and handy, hollering. Yeah. And you need to get, you know, a lot of security guys like it because if, if it's loud, they want to be able to get their help to, to you know, put out a fire somewhere. Um, now, for me, I'm the kind of guy that I don't like things around my neck. I can't even wear a turtleneck sweater. You know, I'm always digging at it. He's more of a dicky kind of guy. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> As in, as in clothing. Wallowitz. <laughs> um, Old Navy. Uh, but um, for some people, they might feel uncomfortable with having it around their neck if they are not used to having things right around their neck. But other people, if they're fine with it, it should be should be fine for them. Well, what's nice is the the main closure of it goes at the back of the neck. So it's mm-hmm. it's open on the front where you would kind of get that choking feeling i guess oh no that um, wouldn't be too, that wouldn't so it's be not too it's bad. not as yeah. bad um i don't i've never worn one for a long really long period of time like i said i know a lot of you know a lot of paintballers like it because it mm-hmm. gives them that uh that stealth uh movement and really you can just talk in a whisper and, and transmit um at the same uh, which they like for that stealth mode type deal they don't want to give away their yeah. position um well, this is also open. As you just said, it's open right around the front where the mm-hmm. Adam's apple would be. And I think that's my big problem with it. Uh, well, I'm not with this, but that's my big problem with things around my neck is that yeah. covering the front, as you just said. And there are throat mics out there that are basically straps that go all the way around. Yes, we do have yeah. some that and are strapped. And, and, the, and the, uh, the transducers are right there. And I think that's what I would have. This doesn't have that. So some people that can't wear throat mics per se might be able to wear this one. That's right. Some good thing. point. Well, we have it available for the talkabouts in the consumer line. Most of our business radios will always list the connector types that it's available for. If you have any questions, definitely give us a call if you're not sure which model will work for your, your actual radio. And what does this cost? It runs about forty nine ninety nine. Um, I think some of the higher-end connectors are maybe a little bit more. I don't know off the top of my head, but I think that's that's usually how it is when you've got a multi-pin connector, right. um, you know, for some of the Vertex and Icom models. Um, but in stock, one-year warranty. Um, and if you enter promo code SHOW at checkout when you purchase one of these, you can save an additional 5% off your order. That's right. Good point. Yeah. Um, so would you give this your thumbs up? Cool little accessory? Yeah, it's it's something that I was not crazy about in the beginning, but once I actually... When I prepped for that Radio 101 and saw how it worked and actually got it adjusted, because I'd have people call and go, I just can't get this thing to work. And it's it's all about placement. You yeah. can't just put it anywhere. It's it's you know it's going to take some tweaking and, and and getting familiar with it to know where you need to to use it. You know, of course, if you've got a really large neck, it's probably not going to work very well for you either, because it's got to get those transducers up there on those on those vocals. Yeah, I guess if you have a really big or small neck, you may need to go with the strap style exactly. that, that yeah. goes all the way around. Exactly. All right. Well, we have some questions and comments from our blog and our forum at twowayradioforum.com. And the first one comes from Trenorpsa. And uh, Trenorpsa says, hello, I hope somebody can answer this question I have about FRS or GMRS. I want to use a couple of small two-way radios on a motorcycle to converse with my passenger. Can this be done using headsets with boom mics and both radios set to operate on Vox? Thanks, and that's uh, from Trenorpsa. Actually, he says his name's Ron, but 
<laughs> his username on the forum, yeah. I guess. Is yeah. Trinorbsa. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can definitely use FRS, GMRS radios on a motorcycle, uh, but the Vox um, is going to be iffy, I'd say, because of the, the loud noise coming from the bike. Um, the wind. The yeah. wind. You're going to have a lot of trouble um, trying to use it hands-free um, because you got to think about the way Vox or hands-free works. It's listening for a noise. Whenever right. it hears one, it kicks itself into transmit mode, sort of like pushing the button for you. Well, if uh, there's a lot of loud noise going on, it's always going to be in transmit mode. Either that or you're going to have to change the sensitivity so much that you're going to have to to scream to get it to pick up anything. If you're willing to go with the push-to-talk button, look at the AVP-H1 and AVP-H2 motorcycle headsets from Midland. Now, one is for an open-face helmet, one is for a closed-face helmet, but uh, those are really designed for what you're trying to do here. They don't really give you the hands-free you're looking for, but um, they are a good option. With a ha- they have a handlebar push-to-talk button, so that's kind of neat. You don't have to take your hands off of driving to, to start yeah, communicating. Yeah. All right. Well, our um, next one is a comment from Don, and uh, he's responding to um, Radio 101, actually. Oh, he's responding to the Radio 101 that you did, Anthony, uh, how to hold a two-way radio properly. And he says, uh, thank you for this video. It is very frustrating to see someone talking into their radio while holding it sideways and decreases the range tremendously. When I was a volunteer firefighter, I would see them doing this all the time while wondering why they couldn't reach dispatch. And that's from Don. That's a good point. I'm glad that that somebody uh, saw that and found it informative. Yeah. And And, and, and can vouch for it. Yeah, you definitely need to hold it a certain way to get your optimal range. If well, your actually, antenna's pointing uh, like out or something, you're, you're going to have a hard time. I've seen them pointing down to the sides. You know, it's going to lose a lot. It makes all the difference in the world. And actually, we'll do an episode uh, coming up on antennas and antenna positioning uh, that will probably be an eye opener for some people with the with the handhelds, particularly. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. All right, and. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as anthony the is the look so. on your face <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and the last one is a comment from alec and a question he says hi i just recently discovered your podcast and i love it i listen while commuting and i would love to be able to download and listen to back episodes is there any way to do this both stitcher and itunes have limited shows available thanks and that's from alec well alec i can answer that for you uh, right now uh, you have a couple of options uh, right away. All of our shows are available, all the archive shows are available at Blueberry.com. You just go to um, Blueberry, that's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com, and all of our shows are there. And also on our own uh, two-way radio show website at twowayradioshow.com, we have a complete listing of all of the episodes. There's a whole uh, a whole list of, of every single one of them there, and you can pick and choose from the ones that you want. You can go in and listen to uh, to them all with a synopsis of each one. Uh, so uh, you have those two options right there available to you. If you have trouble accessing one, we you know just let us know. We can point you to a specific episode uh, so you can access it. I guess that'll do it for the comments and questions this week. Send in your comments and questions for Danny, Anthony, or myself to show at buytwowayradios.com. If you want to know more about today's topic 
or about two-way radios in general, check out our forum discussions at twowayradioforum.com. You can subscribe to the Two-Way Radio Show directly from our website at twowayradioshow.com or hear it on iTunes, blueberry.com, or stream it on Stitcher. All right, uh, before we go, any other comments um, on the show today? Um, if you're listening and you work for the FCC, please give this 10-119 docket some priority. Oh, yes, definitely, please. <laughs> we're all we're all waiting with bated breath. Yes. And uh, anything from you, Anthony? Nope. Nope. Okay, you're good. All right, well, today's show is sponsored by BuyTwoWayRadios.com. Whether you're searching for two-way radios for general consumer or business use, BuyTwoWay Radios can help you find the best solution for your needs. Enter the promo code SHOW at checkout and save an additional 5% off your order. Give us a call at 1-800-584-1445 or enter our live chat at BuyTwoWayRadios.com weekdays from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern. Well, everyone, as always, thanks for listening, and until next time, for the Two-Way Radio Show, I'm Rick Savoia. I'm Danny Feimster. And I'm Anthony Roquet. And we're out.